Welcome in to another edition of the Wisports.net podcast. I'm Travis Wilson, general manager at Wisports.net and your host for the WSN podcast. Today on the WSN podcast, we're going to take a little bit of a look back and do a recap of the recently completed boys basketball state tournament with our guy, Mark Miller, our Hall of Famer. Uh, get his thoughts on some of the games, some of the performances, some of the action that we saw in three busy days at the Cole Center in Madison. Uh, we will uh, next week. We'll chat with Norbert Durst, get a, a recap and and kind of put a bow on the girls basketball state tournament and a girls basketball season. And then we'll start to turn our attention a little bit more towards the spring sports. We'll we'll chat spring sports. We'll have a guest or two on uh, the following week to talk about spring sports and. Uh, certainly uh, take a look at baseball, track, softball, uh, some of those sports as well over uh, over the coming months as we uh, start to get some action finally into spring sports. Before we do that, though, let's remind everybody out there to help save lives on Wisconsin roads. The life you save might just be yours. Make the commitment to yourself and passengers that are with you by buckling up and putting the phone down every trip, every time. To find out more, take the pledge at wisconsindot.gov. Also, make sure that you uh, gain the athletic advantage of B3 Sciences BFR training. See the results of your strength and performance training, exercise, or rehab in less time. Trusted by a growing list of professional teams like the Milwaukee Brewers, Kansas City Chiefs, and numerous U.S. Olympic teams, contact Dr. Ken Otto, B3 BFR certified coach, and visit drken.b3sciences.com. Well, let's get into our talk about the Boys Basketball State Tournament and uh, we'll we'll kind of run down the divisions, some of the games, and then get some uh, kind of overarching thoughts from Mark as well. And let's do that. Let's bring on Mark Miller, our boys basketball writer. Mark, thanks for taking some time as we uh, as we claw you back in to boys basketball after after you thought everything was wrapped up with the state tournament. Yeah, that's no problem. Glad to be here. Well, let's uh, let's start and uh, just review the games, if we will, and we'll go by division. Um, where we'll start in Division One. That was not the first games of the the tournament, but we'll we'll go in order. Division One: De Pere defeated Kettle Moraine fifty five forty four in one semifinal game on Friday night, and then Arrowhead took down Nina. That was a two versus a three. Uh, Arrowhead beat Nina seventy three sixty one, and in the championship game on Saturday, De Pere took down Arrowhead sixty nine forty nine. Uh, a little bit of a coronation for DePier as they finished undefeated 30-0, the first boys basketball team to reach 30 wins in a season since the uh, the WI expanded the maximum number of regular season games. They finished undefeated. They uh, run the table. They got a couple pretty tough tests in the uh, state tournament, maybe tougher than than some people expected, Mark. But ultimately, DePier does get the job done. Yes, they did. They they. Uh... You know, I don't know if they played their A game, particularly in the in the semifinals, but I thought uh, by the time they got to the second half of that championship game, they they were really running on, uh, um, you know, full force. They're kind of what we saw from them all season long. And um, to go 30-0 and 0, uh, is, is just, you know, a remarkable achievement, uh, particularly when they were number one all season and everyone was kind of pointing toward them as the team to beat. Um, to go out and actually accomplish that is a is a huge uh a huge thing for that DePierre program and for the kids that are in that program and the coaching staff. They did just a fantastic job, obviously. And, uh, you know, they, they maybe weren't quite as dominant uh, as maybe some people thought they might be uh, at in Madison at the tournament. But uh, at the end of the day, they, they won both games and, and, you know, 
rather comfortably when the, when the, uh, you know, as we headed down to the last couple of minutes of each of those contests. So uh, I think they proved that they were the best team in the state, uh, not only at the division one level, but throughout uh, all the divisions. Uh, and, uh, you know, it was uh, a team that, uh, you know, will suffer some graduation losses, but still returns a, a very solid core uh, in Will Horton, Seth and, and uh, Zach Kinzinger leading the way there, two starters for them. So I, I think, you know, as we look ahead to next year, they're going to be a team to, uh, that's going to be right there again uh, near the top in Division One. And DePere did beat the Division Two state champion, Pewaukee, in the regular season. They scheduled pretty tough, um, ran the table. Division One. you know, decent depth uh, this year maybe. Um, but as we look back over maybe not state history, but if we look back over the last decade or so in the state of Wisconsin, or maybe even back into the, the 2000s, um, you know, where, where do you think this De Pere team stacks up with recent champions in division one? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if we saw uh, the true team that they were uh, throughout the season. I mean, they, they beat teams by, uh, you know, more than 30 points a game on average. Um so, um, but having seen them a few times during the regular season, and of course, both games at state, I, I think that they, they would match up pretty well with the Stevens Point and Germantown teams that dominated, you know, in, in the recent past, uh, would they beat them? Uh, you know, that's, uh, I'm not sure that that would happen it, possible. Um, certainly, um, you know, they have the guard play and they, they, they have the play up front and they also have the depth and and the toughness and, and uh, grit that you need to compete against those type of teams. But uh, I, I do think it's one of the better state champions that we've had in, in the last several years. Uh, and one that, you know, I think can be talked about with the Stevens Point and Germantown teams of the recent past as, as one of the more dominant teams uh, to come through the state in, in, a, in a given season. Uh, and that 30-0 record is, you know, that that's, that's pretty tough to beat. No one's ever done that before. So uh, you got to give them credit for that as well. In terms of single season, uh, again, a conversation we can have. Now the, the question becomes next year, if they can make a little bit of a run like we saw out of Germantown and Stevens Point where each of those teams were, uh, each of those teams won three straight, uh, straight state championships. Um, and as you yeah. said, DePere has the pieces to do it and has the, um, you know, has the talent coming back to certainly be in the mix next year. Well, let's uh, move on and talk about Division Two, where, as we kind of expected, uh, where everybody except for Mark Miller picked before the state tournament, Pewaukee ended up winning a state championship. Uh, Mark had Wisconsin Lutheran uh, coming out of that sectional and winning it, by the way. But in the semifinals, Pewaukee got a very, very tough test against a very good Nicolay squad, an excellent game, uh, one by two in that one. Um, saw a little bit of uh, craziness down the stretch with Luka Momchilovic missing a, a breakaway layup. And then uh, that gave Nicolay a chance to come down at the end. And they got a look, a very good look. And Davey and Hannah couldn't connect. But uh, Pewaukee held on 58-56. The other game, uh, excuse me, Lacrosse Central, uh, or excuse me, Whitnall took down Lacrosse Central in a close game. Whitnall was the third seed. And, uh, and then in the, the championship game, much closer game than the first time these teams played. But ultimately, Pewaukee pulled away and won 71-54 over Whitnall marking a third straight state championship in Division II for Pewaukee. Milan Momchilovic uh, was announced as co-Mr. Basketball with John Kinziger from De Pere. So just a, another great performance by Pewaukee. 
Um, as you as we look back over these last three titles that Pewaukee has won, Mark, is this the toughest one that they've had? Do you think? Well, I think they're all all difficult in different ways, but um, you know, to survive that that semifinal game by two points, um, you know, I think that that was a, a very close call. Uh, they beat Lacrosse Central last year in the title game by 19 points, and then the year before that, uh, they beat on Alaska uh by 17 uh and that's i think that was about the spread this year in the title game uh and interestingly enough uh each of those three seasons they finished 27 and 3 so they got three straight championships three straight seasons of finishing 27 and 3 and of course they'll they'll try to go after number four in a row uh i and you know nick janowski their junior guard uh would be a four-time state champion uh because he was a key player obviously in each of the last three years for Pewaukee. And uh, I, I remember one of the Tillemas, I think it was Ryan Tillema did that, uh, you know, earlier this deck in this century, I should say for Randolph. Um, so I think that if Nick was able to pull that off and Pewaukee were able to pull that off next year, uh, that he would become the second player to play on four state championships in state history. Didn't, didn't uh, and, Diamond Stone you know, with, play on with, four of those for Dominican? Uh, you know, maybe Diamond did too. I think you're right, actually, now that I think about it. Yeah, Diamond too. I, I, uh, so that's, he'd be the third player then, my mistake. Um, so, uh, pretty, pretty good company there, say the least. And, you know, with you, when you look at Pewaukee's roster and what they have coming back, certainly they lose Milan and, uh, you know, that, that, uh, you know, losing a player of that caliber is huge. But his younger brother, Luke, has come along really nicely and uh, was a second-team all-conference kid, and I think he's going to take another step forward next year as a junior. And, of course, Nick Janowski coming back next year, uh, one of the best players in the state. Um, and then uh, I thought, uh, I think it's Isaiah Robinson started for them as a sophomore as well. And Carson uh, Osterman came off the bench and had a really good game, particularly in the title game. I think he had three threes in that game. Uh, so... That's a really good core right there. So we talked about DePierre being very good again next year. I think Pewaukee is going to be very good again. Um, so, you know, their opportunity to, to four Pete is going to be, is going to be there. Uh, we'll, we'll see what happens, but uh, uh, certainly it's not like the cupboard is bare for either of those two teams. Dominican won five straight state titles from 2012 to 2016 Randolph won four straight from 2002 to 2005, and there's been several uh, three-time in a, in a row champions in boys basketball and WI history. But Pewaukee looking to to, to become uh, just the third school to win th four straight state championships. Mark, do you know offhand? Do uh, DePier and Pewaukee play again next year in a non-conference game? They did this year, but I don't know how far teams are in scheduling for next year. Yeah, I'm not sure about that. I I, I think they might, but um, you know, I, I really don't know off the top of my head whether they're going to again next year. My my guess is they probably are, just because it's been such a great game for for both teams. You know, to to participate against each other and you know to have a really good test. You know, later in the season. Um, so my guess is that they they most likely will play again um, next year. So. And that was a great game between DePierre and Pewaukee the first time they or when when they did play in the regular season. It was fairly late in the regular season. And it does kind right. of give us a little bit of of closure, if you will. There are some times where 
we have a division one state champion. We have a division two state champion. And there's a conversation of who's the best team in the state. Uh, I think you could have had that conversation the last couple of years with, with Pewaukee, whether they were the best team in the state, regardless of division. And, and this year we don't necessarily have that because De Pere has already defeated Pewaukee. Granted it was uh, in De Pere. It was a home game for them, you know, neutral site, maybe different second time around, maybe different, but you know, not not so much that conversation this year as far as who is the best team in the state of Wisconsin. Well, Division Three, it looked like for a little while we might have another entrant into that discussion of who's the best team regardless of division as West Salem went out and just dominated a very talented Milwaukee Academy of Science squad in the semifinals, 93 to 65, just blitzed uh, Academy of Science late in that game in the second half. Uh, and then Brilliant knocked off Lakeside Lutheran in a very, very close game in the other semifinal. And we were, you know, maybe wondering, is West Salem in that conversation for best team? However, in the championship game on Saturday, West Salem came out and really, really struggled shooting the ball. Brilliant was very efficient and effective and took care of business. And Brilliant scored a pretty significant upset by beating West Salem in the championship game 61 55. Um, Mark, in terms of, title game upsets in recent years where where do you put this one brilliant taking down what had been a very dominant west salem squad well uh you know i i i don't think it was maybe quite the upset uh i mean i certainly thought west salem would win but i i don't know if it was the upset that that uh you know maybe some people thought it was i mean both teams were 28 and 1 going into the game so it's not like you know brilliant was a poor team by any means um, it's just that I think when you watched West Salem this year, at times they were just so dominant and had really beaten a lot of marquee teams uh, in a dominating fashion. And their only loss came to the top team uh, in in 4A in, in Minnesota. So you're thinking, gosh, this team could play with anyone. And I think they could. Uh, however, you know, on the other side of the state, Brilliant was was doing its thing. You know, maybe not against quite as good as overall schedule. I think the league schedules were pretty similar. But when you look at the overall schedule, maybe West Salem had a few more feathers in its cap in terms of beating teams like on Alaska and Lacrosse Central. Um, but uh, um, you know, hats off to Brilliant. I, I I just thought that they played a really solid game. I, their guards were able to knock down some shots, make some key free throws down the stretch, uh, not turn the ball over too much, and and then of course. You know, they they had the difference maker in Jeremy Lorenz. I, I I thought, you know, when you look at the entire state tournament, the two guys that I thought played the best were Milan Manchiliovic for Pewaukee and Jeremy Lorenz for for Brilliant. I thought they were just, you know, dominant at times in both of the games. Uh Jeremy finished with 10 block shots in the two games to set a D3 record, and of course had double digits and points and rebounds in both games. So um uh, you know, brilliant, brilliant came to play. They were ready. They were poised. They went at it. And, um, you know, I, I, I do think that, uh, you know, as we've seen many times, Travis, sometimes when the shots aren't falling and they continue to maybe not fall, then you start to press a little bit and then you start to look at the scoreboard and then you realize you're in the state title game. And I think a little of that creeped in for West Salem, um, cause guys that normally make shots, whether they were free throws or, or, or just, uh, you know, open looks at the basket, you know, they just didn't go down as often as they've gone in the past for that team. So um, two, two really, really good teams, uh, a good game. Um, and, um, you know, I thought it was a fitting way to 
to cap the entire division three state tournament because uh you know even going back to the sectionals and regionals there, there were just were some great games at the d3 level throughout and it's uh it's such a competitive division that um you know, it's, you know, we saw a team like Brilliant come up and, and get that win, even though, you know, they, they, uh, they almost got beaten, the, you know, in the game before that by Lakeside Lutheran, uh, which I thought did a fantastic job playing defense against Brilliant. I, I just, you know, they were just one shot away from advancing to that title game. So, um, yeah, it was a, it was a good game to watch. Uh, I know it was disappointing for West Salem, but, you know, not everyone's going to win and, as disappointing as it was for West Salem, it was exhilarating for Brilliant. It's interesting. If you look at the stats and West Salem took 10 more shots than Brilliant. They won the turnover battle. They forced 18 turnovers. Um, they had West Salem had 15 offensive rebounds and they still lost. Sometimes it comes down to make yeah. shots, win, miss shots, lose. And if you look at the yeah. shooting, uh, West Salem was five for 30 on three-pointers. They had seven guys that played in the game. All seven of them took at least four three-pointers. They continued to shoot and be aggressive, and they didn't go down. Meanwhile, Brilliant made their free throws. They were um, 79% for the game. They were 84% in the second half on free throws was Brilliant, and that was enough to get Brilliant that victory, 61-55 over West Salem. Very impressive victory for Brilliant as they are the Division Three state champions this year. Division four, what a way it was to start the entire uh, tournament on, on Thursday. We got great uh, performances right off the bat for, in that West Salem game. We had a great game between Brilliant and Lakeside Lutheran. And then that first game in the uh, the Thursday night Division four uh, session, number one seed St. Mary Catholic goes down as one of the performances for the ages from Kenosha St. Joseph junior guard, Eric Kennessy set a new state tournament record with 51 points. Just amazing. A whirling dervish, a, a dribbling dervish all over the court. They just couldn't, <laughs> couldn't catch him. They couldn't touch him. They couldn't stop him as he was 15 yeah. for 21 from the field, five of six from three, 16 of 19 from the free throw line drew 14 fouls against St. Mary Catholic. And again, a, a an incredible performance. And by the way, he had eight assists and, and basically, you know, was involved in every point they scored, it seemed like, um, as Kenosha St. Joseph beat top-seeded St. Mary Catholic, 83-72. Mark, that's got to be up there with the best performances, individual performances we have ever seen at the state tournament. Oh, absolutely. No question about it. You know, the thing is, too, he had the ball in his hands on every possession for St. Joe's. Uh, I, I can't imagine how many dribbles he had in that game because <laughs> it was a, it was a ton. Um, and you know, he just, he just was patient enough. He's almost like a running back waiting for a hole to develop. You know, he, he just kind of probed that defense. And, and when he saw, you know, a spot, he, he would either, you know, get to into the lane and make a pull-up jumper or draw the defense up and dump the ball down low to Peter Stapleton for a layup. Um, and then, you know, he made his free throws uh, and he, he had done a terrific job all season long, not just in the title or in the semifinal game of, of drawing fouls and getting to the free throw line. I, I looked at the stats and I think he was number one of all the teams at state in terms of free throw attempts on the season. And, you know, that team came in with uh, St. Joe's came in with an 18 and 10 record. And you're like, well, you know, Howard's Grove got beaten that section. I got upset by, by, um, uh, 
uh, I'm trying to remember who they lost to. I'm drawing a blank right now. But anyway, they, they lost. And then St. Mary Springs lost. You know, they were both in the upper half. And those we were kind of anticipating those two teams playing for, uh, you know, for a spot in the sectional final. Neither made it that far. And Kohler uh, came out of there and, uh, uh, you know, played St. Joe's for the sectional title. And, and in that game, uh, uh, Tennessee had 42 points and 10 assists. So, um, you know, he had uh, uh, two really back-to-back outstanding games. He, he played fairly well, I thought, in the title game, too. Certainly didn't score 51 points, but uh, Analaska Luther uh, had a lot to say about that. Um, so, yeah, he, he's a fun player to watch uh, because he, he understands the game and plays at a speed and at a pace that um, is, is uh, you know, just almost always correct. You know, he doesn't he doesn't fly in there, un- you know, without uh, – uh, you know, just flying in other people's bodies and un, out of control. He just seems to, to to know when to go, when to stop, when to wait, you know, when to shoot a three, when when to move the ball. And then, you know, defensively, I think he's a pest too. I mean, he's always uh, slapping at the ball and trying to get steals. And uh, so, you know, I had seen him a few times during the regular season and he was one of my, my one of my favorite players to watch because of his constant activity. I mean, I never expected him to score 51 points in a game. Uh, against a team the caliber of St. Mary Catholic, but um, it, it was one for the ages. It was fun to watch. I know, uh, you know, it was disappointing for St. Mary Catholic, which came down with a really nice team. Um, but, uh, you know, when, when when you rely on the three, like St. Mary's uh, uh, does so much, uh, when you rely on the transition game, um, you know, when it's going for you, you can really look impressive and really blow out teams. And we saw a little of that with West Salem too. But if the shots aren't falling, that makes it tougher. And um, I think we saw a little of that from St. Mary's, um, particularly down the stretch of that game. I mean, Danny Griffith played well and had had a lot of points for St. Mary's. And they were right there until, you know, uh, Kennessee just kind of took over and and uh, and got St. Joe's that win. Um, so, yeah, a very memorable game and memorable uh, individual performance. And, you know, he was a very humble kid in the interview room. Um you know, and of course, you know, the state cut to see his mother uh, as the assistant coach, Jenny on the bench there, um, former head coach at UW Parkside and former great player in her own right at, at Louisville. So it's kind of a fun storyline throughout. Again, just an incredible performance in, uh, by Eric Kennessy, but they would come up short in that state championship game as they would go down to Luther 60 to 46. Luther was the two seed. They got the job done over Whitehall in a state semifinal on Thursday. And then again, took down and, and did a better job corralling Eric Kennessy in the championship game as he had 18 points, but uh, was just seven of 18 from the field um, and, and didn't quite have the same impact on the game in that one. So Luther is the state champion in division four. Division five, the seeds held out as Newman Catholic downed Royal in a very competitive game in the first semifinal set, or excuse me, Friday morning. And then another very competitive matchup, McDonald Central took down Fall River 66-62 um, in a game that was, was very close and competitive throughout the state championship game to begin things on Saturday in Division five was Newman Catholic over McDonald Central 66-54 in an old C, what was it, CCWC? Uh, uh, <laughs> conference or league they used to be in uh, a, a rematch in the, the state championship game. Uh, but Newman Catholic got the job done in that one. 
Uh, thoughts on Division Five, Mark? Where you know we'll we'll mention it. Uh, we don't need to highlight it or, or stress on it necessarily, but it was two private teams in the state championship game in Division Five, just like there was in Division Four. But Newman gets the win over McDonald Central for Division Five title. Yeah. Uh, before we go off Division Four, I just I, I wanted to say that I, I thought that Onalaska Luther team was really really good. They were they were they just had really good length. They defended at a very high level. They shared the ball well. Their only two losses this year were to West Salem, um, and I just thought that Brad Shaper did a great job with that team. Um, they they did bottle up uh, Kennessee, and I, I thought they would with their length. Um, very just a very solid team. Uh, as far as D five goes, uh, you know, uh, Fall River. Um, I I I thought they had a real shot, you know, to win it, um, and, and they did. You know, I mean, they had the ball out of bounds underneath their basket in a two point game with three, three or four seconds to go. And they tried the lob pass and it was a little long and McDonald got the uh, uh, turnover and, you know, hit two free throws to end the scoring um, to win the game. Uh, so I thought that was one of the better games overall, just in terms of competitiveness and closeness throughout the game. Um, you know, I thought uh, uh, Cannon Huss had a really good state tournament for, for McDonald uh, in both games against Newman and uh, against Fall River. Uh, and, and, you know, Newman, uh, Newman's a tough team to play. I thought Royal did a really good job defensively, maybe as good a job as anyone has done against them um, in the playoffs. But, uh, you know, they have so many weapons and so many guys that can score, whether it's Isaac Seidel or Mason Prey or Connor Crock off the dribble or Eli Gustafson using his size to, to get a put back. And, you know, Jackson Fenner can knock down some threes. So it's a tough team to defend because they can hurt you on all five spots. I thought they were the best team in D5 um, this year. Uh, and it's a group that has been played together since they were in grade school, you know, so it's every once in a while you'll get, you know, a group of seniors, particularly at a, at a D5 school that have come up together and played with each other uh, on the court, you know, for, for multiple years. And, and that was the case with this Newman team this year. And, uh, and it showed, you know, I think they, despite having a first year coach, you know, some change there and, you know, all that, uh, they adapted very well, uh, and they went out and, uh, you know, had a great season and, and, uh, uh, you know, proved that they, they, uh, they could win a state championship and bring one back to Wausau. It'd been a long time for a state title in Wausau. I think it was, I think we looked it up. It was like 1960 when Wausau high won the, uh, state championship, uh, in division one, uh, back in the day. So, uh, you know, that's a pretty long drought, uh, <laughs> and, uh, we'll see if that, you know, it's always nice. I think when we can see a, a team from the North have a really outstanding basketball team. And I think Newman did that, uh, really well this, this winter, um, represented Wausau that area very well at the state tournament. And it's worth noting, you mentioned that very competitive fall river McDonald central semifinal game, Fall River led that one by 11 in the first half. They had they were up by seven at halftime. They had a lead for twice as long in that game as McDonald Central, but McDonald Central made the plays down the stretch when they needed to and got the job done. And, and as you said, uh, Fall River had that opportunity uh, with a, a lob that was that was there, but they couldn't connect on it and uh, ended up losing that one. So, Mark, as you look back, you, you did this in your tournament recap where you also – uh, put together an all-tournament team. People can go on wisports.net and, and check that out. The the all-tournament team, you had Milan Momchilovic as your MVP. 
uh, very deservedly uh, of the state tournament and listed some other guys that played well. But you also in that article uh, handed out some uh, some unofficial awards and superlatives. And I just want to run through those a little bit, if we could, um, for the best game of the tournament. And there was a number of them. Uh, you had the brilliant Lakeside Lutheran game, the D3 semifinal as the best game, and then Pewaukee Nicolay uh, as the second best game. Uh, just talk a little bit more about those and, and why you thought that brilliant Lakeside game was the, the best one of, excuse me, of the tournament. Well, I, I thought that that game, everything was really challenged, um, particularly for brilliant. I thought Lakeside did a really good job just just being exceptionally active on defense um, and, and making it tough for, for brilliant to get good looks at the basket. And, um, you know, I thought, uh, I thought they were really exceptionally coached uh, in that game and, you know, had the opportunity uh, to maybe pull off the upset. Um, when I think going in, most people probably had brilliant winning between seven and 12 points or so. So um, just thought it was a, a good solid basketball game uh, played by both teams and, uh, and then, you know, obviously the Pewaukee Nicolay game coming down to the three point shot at the end by Davey and Hannah, I thought Hannah played outstanding throughout the game. Um, and, uh, you know, he, he is not the number one sophomore in the state in our WSN player rankings in large part because of his versatility at six, six, you know, he was able to score from the mid range from outside the three point arc. He got to the foul line and he, and he also scored in the lane. I think at that last shot, he, it was a little rushed, um, and he came up short, but um, I thought Nicolay just did a fantastic job of of staying close to a, a team that you know a lot of times just kind of blows people off the court. So uh, that that was a great game. And then you know obviously lacrosse central game um, against Whitnow was another really really good game that came down to the last second of the game. You know with the with the three point attempt and the foul call there. Um, so uh, those games kind of stand out. I think you know, McDonald Fall River I thought was a really good game as well. Um, so, uh, you know, just, just from a fan's perspective and watching and seeing the drama unfold in front of you, those were the games that kind of stood out to me. There were some really good games. There were a lot of really competitive games, very few that were true blowouts. Um, Luther over Whitehall uh, was was a blowout, and it ended up that West Salem and Academy of Science was a blowout, but that was a six-point game in the second half at one point and ended up being almost a 30 point uh, victory for West Salem. So it was good to see some really competitive games. And we got some games that, that you said uh, came right, right down to the end. Well, let's uh, take another chance before we move on to remind everybody out there to help save lives on Wisconsin roads. The life you save might just be yours. Make the commitment to yourself and passengers that are with you by buckling up and putting the phone down every trip, every time to find out more, take the pledge at wisconsindot.gov. Well, it's pretty easy to uh, to look at the performance of the tournament. And of course, we talked about that with uh, Eric Kennessy and what he did. Um, you know, 51 points, setting a new state record, did get bottled up a little bit more in that championship game. But were there any other guys that that came off and, and kind of surprised you on, on what they did at the state tournament? Um, well, I don't, you know, Milan wasn't a surprise because we knew he was a great player, but I thought he was fantastic in both games for Pewaukee and, and same thing with Jeremy Lorenz. I thought Cannon Huss, uh, played about as well as he's capable of playing for McDonald Catholic in both games. You know, you mentioned they trailed most of the game against Fall River while they trailed, uh, maybe the entire game against Newman. I think they were down 16 at half. Uh, cut it to two, which has kind of been their MO throughout the playoffs because they 
they were down 13 uh, to Solon Springs in the sectional final late in the game and and managed to get into overtime and win that one. So I thought Cannon Huss was uh, maybe a little bit of a surprise. I knew he was a good player, had seen him play in the past, but I I thought he he really stepped up and played fantastically for for McDonald. You know, Isaiah Swichtenberg from Luther is a guy that isn't going to wow you with his scoring totals. I think he averages around 12 a game. But I just like the way he plays his overall floor game, whether he's waiting for something to develop on offense and making the right pass or certainly defending at a very high level at 6'4 and, and long like he did for much of the game against Kennessee. Um, and, you know, he's a guy that can rip down a rebound or bring the ball up the floor and, and lead the break for Luther. So I thought he was another guy that that was very impressive uh, in the tournament. And then, of course, you know, John Kinzinger, Will Hornseth from De Pere, uh, I thought Matt Recchi from Arrowhead had a, had a good tournament, but those guys you expect that from, um, you know, so I don't know if there's really any huge surprises because you see these guys so often now, whether it's in the AU or with the high school team in the summer or their high school team during the season. So, you know, there's very few secrets out there, but occasionally you'll get one. And I, I thought, um, I thought Royals Bryce Olson was one of those kind of guys. I really didn't know anything about him. Uh, you know, coming into the tournament, other than he was a starter for Royal. Uh, but I thought he really did a heck of a job playing defense throughout the game uh, on Mason Prey of Newman in that in that semifinal. Uh, so hats off to him and also to Bennett uh, Olson uh, for, from Brilliant for hitting, uh, I think it was a two-point game, about five seconds to go, six seconds to go, and, and he steps to the line and and knocks down, you know, a state championship with two free throws for Brilliant. Uh, once he hit those two, you know, the you, you knew it was over and the fans were going crazy. And I thought, wow, you know, it's not Jeremy Lorenz at the line. It's not Parker Brown. It's not Caden Holly. It's the guy that, you know, it, it's a fourth starter, you know, the guy that uh, is fourth in points or minutes played that goes to the free throw line and, and uh, secures a state championship. Uh, I thought that was a memorable moment uh, in performance as well. Well, Mark, we've got a couple minutes left on today's episode, but let's take a look forward to next year. And obviously, we'll we'll be tracking state champions, and if any of these defending any of these state champions from this year can defend next year, especially Pewaukee, as they go for four straight. But what are some other overarching storylines that we'll be talking about and following into the offseason and into next year uh, as we look ahead? Well, I think a big one is who's going to replace Cherry Pettigrew at Cuba City as head coach. <laughs> you know, I get asked that one all the time. Um, and nobody on, this, on the current staff or on Jerry's staff when when he retired at the end of this past season is going to, uh, you know, has the time or the schedule or whatever to, to go for that position. So it'll be interesting to see whoever follows in the footsteps of a guy who won uh, over a thousand games and on a record that, you know, probably will never be broken in our state or at least not in our lifetime. Um, so I think that's one of the storylines. And then, you know, just see see how uh, these kids develop, um, you know, what what schools get moved to a division based on enrollment and so forth. You know, that'll come out, um, I think, you know, in the spring like it has in the past. Uh, you know, I don't know if the WBCA or not the WBCA, but the WIA Basketball Advisory Committee, they meet in April. Um, you know, are they going to suggest some pretty significant changes? And if so, will it go through the channels on the WIA and get implemented for next year? Um, you know, maybe, maybe not, or maybe it's something that uh, where, where they take a look at, let's say, six teams in Division One, and say, hey, we're going to move toward that, you know, after next year, or maybe they'll, they'll do it already next year. Um, you know, are, are we going to get a, a charge circle or a shot clock? Are they going to 
change up sectionals, uh, you know, to have a little more equity so we don't have Pewaukee and Wisconsin Lutheran playing every year in the sectional. Um, you know, some of those probably would take a little longer to implement, uh, as you know, Travis. And, but, you know, maybe one or two of them could be put in place for next year. Um, so it'll be interesting to monitor all of that. You know, I think there's a lot of discussion from coaches on the seating yet. You know, it, it, there's still some things that could be tweaked there. So there's a lot of things on, on the table that I think people are still discussing. And I think the bottom line is everybody wants to make it the best state tournament possible. And, um, you know, there's no guarantees when, when we get to the playoffs, you know, even if we put Wisco and, and Pewaukee in different sectionals, maybe one of them gets beat on the way to state. That could certainly happen. But um, I, I think uh, sectional equality um, is, is something that, uh, you know, is going to be discussed um, along with that possibility of having six Division One teams and using that extra session that's currently available on Thursday. Um, I think that's another thing that that potentially could be put in place. So th those, you know, kind of off the court storylines that deal with the WIA, I think will be very key uh, in stuff to watch during the off season. And then, of course, just watching the kids play and see how they develop, see who's growing, see who's getting stronger, see who's worked on their skills, uh, watching various teams. All that will be uh, interesting as well. So as you know, basketball, like many sports now, has become uh, and it has been this way for a while now, you know, pretty much a 12 month a year deal. And, you know, at with sports, we we've been covering it uh, throughout not just the high school season, but even the summer with with the high school teams and with the AAU teams and with our showcases and so forth. So there'll be news and information on coaching changes. And I'm sure we'll probably have some player transfers. That's that always seems to pop up, you know, usually toward the end of summer. <laughs> so uh, it'll it'll be a busy off season like it always is. And let's not forget the competitive balance plan uh, is still on the table. We voted on it the April annual meeting. So we could have some changes there as well. Well, Mark, appreciate you taking some time to, to put a bow and recap on the, uh, the state tournament and the boys basketball season. Always great to catch up. And uh, we'll be talking in the off season. Like you said, it's, it's 12 months a year anymore. So Mark, uh, appreciate it. Okay, Travis. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right, big thanks to Mark for coming on and, and taking a, a few minutes to to just talk a little bit about the, the state tournament and recap and uh, look ahead to next year as well. As I mentioned, we will uh, get Norbert Durst on next week to do the same with the girls' basketball state tournament and, and talk about some of the things that, uh, that, that, that are going on there. Um, but we'll also turn our attention very soon to spring sports as well. There's been some indoor track meets, but for the most part, most of the other sports either still in practice or haven't even gotten underway yet, and it might be a little bit, especially now with the snow that we got today, on uh, on when some of these outdoor sports in the spring will be able to get outdoors, begin practice, begin competitions, begin begin games. But we will uh, talk about some of those coming up very soon: baseball, softball, girls' soccer, um, track and field. Uh, of course, uh, boys' golf is also going on, and and tennis. So uh, certainly a, a busy time of the year as we transition into spring sports. But that will do it for us today. Before we go, though, one more chance to remind everybody to help save lives on Wisconsin roads. The life you save might just be yours. Make the commitment to yourself and passengers that are with you by buckling up and putting the phone down every trip, every time. To find out more, take the pledge at wisconsindot.gov. Well, that will do it for today. This has been a wisports.net podcast. Joining me, early, joining me earlier was Mark Miller. I am Travis Wilson. We'll see you at a game.